For my first episode, I'm very excited to talk to Robert Herr, General Manager at the Bergenstock Hotel and Resort, one of the premier resorts in Europe. Like so many hoteliers in the last few weeks, Robert had to make extremely difficult decisions for his destination, consisting of three hotels, a healthy living and medical center, significant meeting space, and a number of other facilities perched 500 meters above Lake Lucerne, Switzerland. I have known Robert for decades, and I knew that his experience would be valuable to share with others who are facing similar circumstances. So thanks, uh, Robert, uh, for joining me today on the um, unconstrained conversation here. Um, to be here, thank you for having me. In uh, unexpected and unusual circumstances, I'm sure. Um, why don't you uh, kind of introduce yourself a little bit uh, so we know who you are and uh, what you're doing? Yeah, thank you, Klaus, uh, and thanks for having me. Um, my name is Robert Hare. I'm the uh, general manager of the Bögenstock Resort in Switzerland, located on Lake Lucerne. We are a, um, I, I always say we're a fully integrated and multi-purpose resort. We have a number of different hotels in the resort, each hotel serving a different uh, customer profile or a different purpose. We have a luxury hotel with a wonderful spa. We have a, uh, a Palace Hotel, which serves more the meeting and mice community. And then we also have a hotel that serves um, guests who are traveling for health and medical purposes um, want to have a retreat, a health retreat, and want to look after themselves. So these are the three main hotels. We also have a um, business to uh, cater to day tourists. So we have a funicular and a boat service directly from Lucerne. We have a lot of day tourism here as well, during the, especially during the summer months. And we also have residences. So we have residential ownership and um, uh, guests here who live and yeah, and also working time in the resort. And is it fair to say that uh, your place is probably one of the best resorts in Europe? Um, that's what usually your name comes up, uh, one of the top of the list of uh, places when I ask people where they would like to go to. Um, if you want my unbiased opinion, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I can only agree. <laughs> it is stunning for, for whoever is listening. I uh, look it up on the on the website. It's a stunning location on top of the um, Top of a little mountain, I would say, uh, right on right on the lake, and um, uh, yes. not many hotels have a funicular too, so that's very yeah. unique. No, no, it's a fantastic. It really is the. I mean, I always say we're not a resort; we really are a destination, and it's uh, really worthwhile discovering. It's in a beautiful setting, a stunning setting, and yeah, it's hard to describe. You really have to uh, see it for yourself, and anything you see on our website in reality is ten times better. Of course, of course. So, what's what's the current situation um, with your destination? Not even a resort or hotel with the destination. Yeah, so it's been very interesting. Over the last four weeks, um, we uh, basically were surprised, like anybody else, with the speed and the uh, the fierceness this uh, virus uh, came or impacted our business. And very early on, we realized that. We were not able to sustain our business in view of what was happening around the world. So um, I made a very early decision already in, in, in the first 10 days of March saying, look, we're, we're, uh, this is going to take longer and it's going to be more severe than what we have right now. So I decided together with my team that we we're going to shut or let's say suspend the business in two of our hotels 
Um, as we were also seeing cancellations coming in, we were seeing cancellations coming in from our individual travelers, from our MICE guests, uh, and we just decided then to uh, suspend uh, businesses in our two hotels. This was ahead of any government mandate um, that came in a little bit later, a few days later. And our third hotel, the Balt Hotel, which also has uh, medical guests, we also do a little bit of rehabilitation. We kept that one open because we saw a need for that. And uh, we continue to operate it. So we still have guests coming for rehabilitation. We have guests even coming on the weekends. They want to have a little bit of a retreat. Uh, but it's a very low level uh, in terms of occupancy. Uh, but we have a public mandate also to keep our certain medical facilities open in order to cater to any potential um, increase in, in patients, which luckily we haven't had so far. So the hospitals here, are, or let's say the region here, has not been impacted too heavy by the virus or by any diseases resulting from the virus, so that uh, the hospitals are actually quite empty at the moment. And so you're, you're in a very, sorry, you're in a very unique situation then because you have hotel and you also have medical facilities attached to parts of your, your, your resort. Yes, absolutely. I mean, this is, a, this is actually one of our key pillars here in the resort. Um, and uh, this was based on, the, uh, on our strategy to develop a part of our business in the health and lifestyle uh, arena. And uh, we so we therefore have a full medical facility uh, on board. We can cater almost to all um, medical needs. We don't do any invasive operations. We leave that to the hospitals. But anything to do with pre preventative health or with uh, medical examinations, we do diagnostics. Uh, we do all sorts of um, you know um, medical examinations that uh, will allows us to you know. Well, allows us to tell the guests what they need to do or if they need any further um, examinations, let's say, with a hospital. And they have a, a great environment here with us to recover. So everything is done with the medical personnel on site. So when you made the decision to close, I'm sure you have owners that you had to involve or investors or, or they, were, they were not just your team, but also the broader stakeholders. How did that conversation go since you were before or ahead of any government mandate or, or guidance? Well, it was, uh, I informed them, of course, and I, my reason was very clearly, I said, look, I, I'd rather, I mean, there were two reasons. One was, of course, first health and safety of the employees. Uh, we were not sure anymore uh, if our guests, if, if, if guests would be checking in who had the virus and we didn't want to expose our uh, employees to it. I mean, we had all the procedures in place. Uh, in order to, uh, I mean, we already practiced to a certain extent, uh, social distancing and washing hands and all that. But uh, of course, when you're in a guest environment, um, in a heavy guest environment, you and you have spa facilities open and all that, um, it's not the best uh, environment to to leave your employees in such doing such a doing such. Of course, that was the number one reason. And secondly, it was um, also for uh, economics. I mean, uh, we saw business canceling and. Uh, you know, we saw guests being afraid to come. And for that reason, we said, look, it doesn't, from a health and safety standpoint and from an economic standpoint, it just doesn't make um, any sense to operate the business at the moment. Let's suspend it. And, you know, our owners were very supportive um, of it and said, okay. And this was ahead of any decision taken whether we could do, whether we could put our people on short time work. Uh, that decision 
then came later and uh, the government also loosened the restrictions uh, for short-time work. So that helped then afterwards as well to sort of now get over this crisis in the, in the best economical way possible. Right. So you have kept the employees. I don't know how it works in in, in Switzerland, of course. But um, did you did you keep the employees? Did you put them on like in the US on furlough, or did you have some people uh, that you had to let go? Or how does that how does that look for the people and your teams yeah. at the moment? Um, so the way it worked here, or the way it worked in Switzerland, as in many European countries, you have uh, what they call short time work. Basically, uh, they or people don't lose their uh, employment. Uh, it's just uh, a large portion of their salaries are no longer paid by uh, the enterprise, but they're actually paid by the um, uh, by the unemployment uh, office or by the un um, um, employment yeah. agency. Exactly. So um, this is helping a lot, and that also supports us not to have to let go of anybody. So uh, we haven't um, we haven't let go of any employees as a as a result of the crisis. And uh, we're currently also not thinking about that because uh, we hope that we will be able to reopen and that business will pick up again at some stage. We don't know when, it could be next month, it could be in two months, but we're hopeful that we can gradually get back and then gradually also take the get our people back out of the um, short time work. So while you're, while you're kind of in, in, in a reduced, reduced operation what what are some of the things that you're doing now and how are you thinking i know you just said that you don't know when you're going to be reopening or fully back but what are some of the things that you're doing now to prepare and what's your thought about um, reopening or recovery strategies um, there's lots of conversations out there about you know people are going to have different behaviors different concerns you know safety transmission levels is all going to be a high concern people don't want to get into planes and they'll drive rather than flying so how does all that play into your 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 strategies or your thinking for for the time when business comes back? Yeah, I mean we're doing it on uh, so let's say on the short term we're we're actually keeping busy to a certain extent. Uh, you know, informing our people what's happening. Uh, there's a lot of administration we need to do still around um, the short time work. So this is keeping us busy from an administrative point of view. Now, from a from a uh, recovery point of view, we don't know yet when things will. So there, there are a couple of questions. First of all, we need to understand when when is the government going to loosen the restrictions that we currently have, and then to understand in what form is that going to happen, and that we don't know yet. So we don't really know yet when we are going to reopen. Let's say even parts of the resort. We don't know how many guests will be allowed into the restaurant at any one time. Um, how can we operate our leisure facilities, let's say our spas, can we reopen them? So there's still a lot of questions. And based on what the government is going to allow us to do, we're going to set also our strategy. So we're thinking of different scenarios. Uh, we definitely think we're not going to ramp up. We're not going to go back to the same level of business that we, that we had going into this crisis. So there's definitely going to be a ramp up period. And since most of our guests, especially over the summer period, I would say 70, more than 70% of our guests are coming from abroad, so internationally, and they're coming with teams, uh, that's also going to play into it because we don't know what's going to happen in the other countries and how soon they will be ready. So for instance, a large part of our clientele is coming from China. Now China is ahead of everybody else, but we don't know yet how much appetite 
Chinese will have to get back onto an airplane to travel to Europe when Europe is still um, in, in, in COVID crisis mode. And the US is a totally different uh, ballgame altogether. It's a very important market for us. And we don't know how uh, eager they will be to jump back onto planes and travel again. Uh, you mentioned what are sort of how is travel going to be affected by uh, this? I certainly think health and safety is going to be one of the highest priorities. So we will need to adapt also our ways of how we communicate that to our guests and to ensuring that uh, our guests understand that we're taking all measures to make our hotel and resort environment as healthy and safe as possible. Uh, I think there will be definitely a different awareness of it. I think disinfectants, uh, disinfectants in the lobby or in the bathrooms are probably here to stay and not just a temporary measure. Uh, but then there will be other things in the guest rooms, you know, we need to think what, what are sort of the guest amenities we want to put into the room, you know, um, are there any um, other measures we need to take in, let's say very uh, health and, and safety sensitive environments, let's say for us, our gyms and so forth. So these are all thoughts that we're having. And at the same time, I think we need to give, um, Travelers confidence again to uh, travel and to come to us. So we also have to look maybe at what are we going to do with our our rate programs? What are we doing with our you know cancellation uh, terms and conditions? At least in the beginning, until we get uh, traction again and people confident enough to travel. So I think all that is going to play in. You know, at least for the next three to six months until we see business coming back to the levels that we have been used to going into the crisis. Flexibility is definitely going to be key. As people, not, yeah. they're not going to want to um, make long-term commitments, uh, advanced purchases, think, or, unless there is, a, there is a refund policy attached to it, right? Um, yeah, exactly. So, so, but I hear, I hear you're quite optimistic, though, three to six months or, or six to nine months is even, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, looking at the U.S. predominantly, you know, some people are saying it'll take five years to get back to pre, you know, like to, to, to 2016, 2017 levels, right? You seem to be more optimistic. Yeah. Maybe in Europe, it's going to be faster than, than in the U.S. And yeah. then maybe the, the, the waves of, of lockdowns and, and easing of restrictions is going to be more more contained in Europe than in the U.S. But uh, obviously nobody knows, right? Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I mean, I, I say three to six months. There's maybe a lot of optimism and hope in there. I think it's anybody's guess right now. Um, the person, the person who gets it right, is not. They didn't get it right because they knew it. It's just because they were lucky or they took the right guess. Uh, I think we really need to wait until um, we see how the economy in general is uh, coming back. I mean, a lot of the um, we will have to look at leading indicators to see how are they coming. You know, travel. Travel is usually the last one to get out of the dip and the first one to go into the dip. <laughs> so I think uh, once we see um, consumers coming back, consumer confidence going back up, when we see um, uh, the economies, durable goods going up, all these indicators that are important or for us to understand, we, we look at booking pace in our hotels, um, how are the booking paces coming back and also the, the the lead generation for our hotels in general for the mice business once we have the statistics from the pre-levels uh, from the pre-crisis levels so these are going to be important measures for us to see how that is going to play out and maybe three to six months is optimistic 
maybe it's going to be four to five years, like you say. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm just kind of looking at at, at previous previous uh, recessions dips, right? And obviously, this one is very different, right? Uh, but um, it, it it some markets took five years to recover. Some markets obviously came back uh, faster. I think I agree with you. Looking at data and looking at the leading indicators and and being able to identify changes quickly is going to be critical to make the right decisions. I think. Um, I think, I think our, to be able yeah. to do that. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, I, I just wanted to say, I think our, what I, or what I wanted to add was, I think our focus at the moment will be very much on domestic tourism for the, I mean, for the near future. I see an opportunity there because, uh, you know, the, the Swiss probably, you know, the Swiss are an important customer group for us uh, because A, they're very close and B, they, you know, they have strong purchasing power and also, you know, they, they want to rediscover maybe their own country um, after uh, after this crisis because they will not be eager to travel maybe to to Italy right away or to France or maybe even to the U.S. So I see that as an opportunity for us to tap into that and to make it very to you know to have strategies and tactics in place to address that customer segment. And and do you see it as an advantage to have medical facilities or medical yeah medical facilities attached to your destination? Is that is that giving you an advantage over others, or it's not really going to come into play? Uh, I think that segment could be interesting. I mean, we don't have the medical facilities. Like I said, we're we're, we're it's, it's it's more the medical is more here to sort of for people who want to come. They want to do a lifestyle change. They want to look at. They want to do. Um, uh, maybe have a diagnostics and see where do they stand, uh, you know, get a health checkup. And then from there, get some consultation as to what they need to do in order to live a healthier lifestyle. Um, I think there is a there's a need for it. I think there will be uh, there will be more demand because as we learn more about the virus, we also understand that the healthier you live, the more resistant your body is to the symptoms and the effects of a virus like um, like like this one, and I think there will be a lot more awareness of that. And so I think, in general, in the health and lifestyle space, um, there is going to be maybe increased demand. Very true. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. If you look at the statistics, and we'll we'll probably get more and more data over the last the next couple of week, couple couple of years. Sorry. It'll, it'll show that the fittest people, the survival of the fittest, right? So the fittest people yeah. have the biggest chance to get through this very quickly. Um, so that'll drive fitness and health businesses probably yeah. right, uh, significantly. Yeah, absolutely. What, what are some of your last questions here? What are, what are some of your biggest learnings, right? What are some of the decisions that you say, well, we got this one right? Obviously, you, 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 you made a move before the government told you to make a move. That seems like you were, you were ahead of the curve. Um, what are the, you know, the, the big learnings out of that, you know, people listening in other places that are maybe, uh, just going through this right now, you've had a, a month of experience. Um, what would you advise people to do or what decisions should they be thinking of or should they be making? Um, well, I mean, it's been a big learning the last four weeks, five weeks, uh, have been a tremendous learning, not only for me, but for the entire team. Um, I mean, I'm so, first of all, I'm very proud and very happy to have such a strong team. I mean, especially, I mean, everyone, but especially over the last two weeks, my HR team has been 
incredibly busy and they've been learning a lot. I mean, just the, the whole regulation around short time work and how to handle that, uh, that was so crucial also in giving that security to our, to our employees, they will receive their they will receive their salary at the end of the month and also the next month uh, in one way or another, either from us or from the government. So I think places like this to have a strong HR team is um, incredibly important. Uh, but also the rest of the of the team who uh, and I, have, I can only speak for myself. Um, they've been so supportive and everybody knew that this was going to bigger than what any of us had experienced before. Uh, and nobody was afraid. And I think in, in, in times of this, it's very important to just to keep calm and just to do step by step. And be. And in my in, or in our case, we were always very close with our owners. We explained to them what we were doing. They were very supportive and we just took it day by day. And we waited for things to evolve also to a certain extent because we didn't know what was going to what was going to happen next. And then thirdly, I would say it's very important to communicate, 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 communicate to the team what's going on, what you're doing. I think in times of uncertainty, uh, the worst thing is, you know, not to know what's going on. And, you know, we said to the team, we don't have the answers to all the questions yet, but we're working on it. Or as soon as we have the answers, we will let you know. And I think for most of them, that was comforting to know that we were not, you know, leaving them just alone at home and, uh, you know, saying, you know, we'll We'll just get back to you once we once we know everything. But we would try to keep the communication open. And also, people have questions. There, are, of course, a lot of people who are afraid. They're afraid to lose their jobs, or that the, the salary. You know, not everybody is getting a hundred percent of their salaries anymore because when you're on short-time work, you only get to eighty percent. So, you know, the people there are some people who have financial needs, and we also said, you know, mm -hmm. if there are financial needs short-term, you know, maybe there are ways that we can help. So, I think. To keep that open for people is very important. And Do you have any, any strategies to communicate or continue to communicate with your, I, I imagine you have quite a few regular guests knowing the European market, um, yeah. kind of to communicate with your guests and tell them what's going on and, and use that kind of to to make sure that they understand um, kind of what you're doing and where you're going and, and use that down the road to re-entice them to come back quicker. Um, Obviously, your team is super important. The other big stakeholder group is 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 yeah. your no, absolutely. I mean, that was the, that's. I would say that's the the second important pillar. I mean, our guests, everybody understood. Actually, it was the other way around. Our guests started to cancel, and they were canceling their events, their reservations. So for them, it was important to know what's happening now to to them to the money that I've already committed. So whether it was an advanced booking or for, for big group business, you know, a lot of them pay deposits and technically they couldn't cancel. So they wanted to know, understand how do we treat now uh, cancellation fees in times like this. So, uh, you know, we we told uh, all of our guests, look, uh, you know, we're not obviously we're not going to charge you uh, during this time that we um, have. But, we, you know, we'd love you to rebook with us uh, maybe at a future date. So a lot of uh, of our guests have either rebooked or they've received vouchers um, um, from us that they can, whatever money they've already committed to us, they can spend at a later date. And I think that was also very important. We haven't received any uh, uh, complaints or, um, you know, the, or anything like that from our, from our guests who, and so we try to 
because this was an exceptional situation. So we tried to use exceptional terms and conditions also to their bookings uh, at the time and also inform them that we're going to be back and we'd love to see them again, you know, maybe not this summer, but maybe in the fall or um, maybe in 2021. And the commitment from our guests, I have to say, is there, um, you know, hardly anybody asked uh, for a refund or full refund or they all want to rebook. Great. Well, let's hope that um, your prediction of maybe three to six months or uh, summer of 2021 <laughs> is uh, is going to come true. Um, you know, it's all it's all thing positive, right? Uh, Europe yeah. is definitely definitely seems to be doing the right things, and uh, at the at the the day when we're recording this, um, seems to be the number seems to turn a little bit more positive than in the past uh, few weeks. So we'll yeah, see how that goes. I think uh, I think the big question mark out there is there could there be a possible second wave coming if we are too loose with the restrictions? Uh, that's another concern. Um, as I said, I think we will only find as this is new to everybody, we'll only find out once we get there. Right. Yeah. No, no point speculating now, right? Exactly. They always, you know, as I always say, predictions are very difficult, especially when they're geared towards the future. Well, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Klaus. Um, I hope you, you you enjoyed the conversation. It seems like you made you made all the right steps and and you took care of the teams in in the right way and uh, and your guests as well. And uh, let's hope business comes back as quickly as as we all think. We hope. We we hope so too because uh, you know I that's what I told my team. You know we, we that's that's our passion. We live here to to serve our guests, and we don't have guests. It's us it's the it's the biggest it's the biggest loss so we hope that guests will be able to return and uh, we hope all that we will come out of this crisis and i know we will but um, as we said uh, we will come out of it we don't know how long that recovery period will be so the sooner the sooner the better yeah uh, i think one thing is for sure people will always want to travel right um, maybe a little bit less so over the near future but they will want to travel and and our children will want to experience the world and explore the world and that'll, you know, that'll continue to grow. Right. Yeah. And I think okay. also, you know, people have a short, sometimes people have short memories too, you know? Sure. Yes. <laughs> you know, I always have to think uh, after the tsunami in Southeast Asia, you know, a few weeks later, the beaches were full again. So I, this is a little bit different. This is a little bit different for sure. Or it's a, it's a big difference. But, you know, the mindset of the people also is, uh, as you say, they want to travel and, you know, whatever happened in the past was the past. And uh, they're, they're looking at um, how they can how they can get get back on, on planes and into hotels. Good. Thanks, Robert. Bye. Thank you, Klaus. Bye. Thank you very much for listening. And I hope you found this episode valuable for your own business circumstances. Check out the show notes linked to the episode. Help more people in the industry find this podcast by sharing and rating. And don't forget to subscribe to the series wherever you listen to it.